This is Pastoring Out Loud, a podcast for Bethlehem Baptist Church's South Congregation in Lakeville, Minnesota. Are you interested in learning more about our church? Go to Bethlehem.church forward slash south. Well, I'm back. Daniel, hosting. it's so nice to have you back as host. Yeah, I know you'd say that. Nick. Well, it was enough to incentivize me to come to this meeting, which is, is a crossing of a boundary. I've never no. been to one of these before. <laughs> wow. David... David Livingston, thank you for crossing a boundary <laughs> and incarnationally coming and and ministering to us. Well, glad you're here. Yeah, welcome, David. Yeah. Stacy, you're here thank too. Thank you, Stacy. It's to nice you. to be sitting next to you and across from Nick and I have seeing you at the end of the table. You, he gestured Daniel. at me. Yes, and Ethan's over there, Mikeless. Though, maybe we'll ask him to shout. Well, it's good to be back. I'm going to ask a uh, a provocative, random question. <laughs> Name a book on Christian living or Christian theology that you do not like and you would not recommend. Go. <laughs> I wish you could see David's yeah, face you, right you now. Folks out there in, in the internet land, you cannot see my face, but it, it's blank. <laughs> David's never read a book he didn't like. That's not true. Well, uh, that's not true. Just on this topic. Christian living, Christian theology, you did not like, would not recommend. Blue like jazz. Okay, blue like yeah. jazz. Uh, why Why don't you recommend that? <clears throat> eh, it's squishy. Squishy? Yeah. Some things that are squishy are nice. He didn't, I mean, would, that came out a long time ago. It was part of like the emergent church. What, is, what does the adjective squishy mean? It just, in this? Nick, did you read it? I did read it, yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. Yep, I read it. And uh, it kind of was a part of the... Um, Emergent. We like spirituality. Church. We don't like church mm-hmm. type movement, mm-hmm. which as we're going to talk about today, <clears throat> that is not what we believe here at Bethlehem. Stacy's got a book. It's blowing her mind. Go ahead, Stacy. You can say it. It's if, Even if it's controversial, we'll just edit it out. Um, I would say anything by Mark Driscoll. Okay. Now, do you say that in hindsight or at the time it was coming You know, out? I say it in hindsight because okay. I think I went through a season of, you know, listening to some of his sermons. I don't think I read any of his books, but- He didn't write any back, of them anyways. That's oh, Daniel. Sure. Okay. There we go. Yep. He didn't. <laughs> like he admitted as much. So. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. David got anything? <laughs> well, you were probably right that the books I select- in advance, I only select because I think I'm going to like them, and I usually do. Okay. So, no, nothing coming. Yeah, you know, I am a glacially slow reader, and so, un, you know, unlike the rest of you people who have these, you know, what do they call those memories that can re- recall everything? Like steel, photo- photographic, trap. photographic. Oh, yeah, sorry. mines. Uh, I don't, I don't have that, and um, so I'm slow. Enough about, enough about my slowness and about my positivity with regard to the books I read. Great. Well, hmm. I'm going to read a selection from a book that will be unnamed that I do not like, nor do I recommend. Ah, this was the but, segue into the podcast. That's why yes. he asked this question. But I'm going to read this quote and ask you to respond to it without... Uh, naming it? Without naming it. Okay. And that will form the benchmark of what's going on. Hey, uh, and this is coming out of uh, a few weeks ago, you guys did a podcast I heard on just how to be creative in church. Well, we it was talking about why do we do worship the way that we do and how does music function and what is the role of creativity and and we talked, you know, we talked about our values 
in where you can go listen to the podcast, but you know, we Thank have you, values that we're trying yeah. to, Oh, you're speaking to the audience. Okay. Yeah. That we're trying to uphold and worship. Um, and yet we, you know, we value music and we value different heart languages and expressions of music. So that was kind of how that conversation came to, came to be. Okay. I'm going to read a quote. God is creative. He was first introduced to us in the Bible as the creator, the maker of all things. I'm on board so far. What he made exudes creativity in its beauty, diversity, splendor, elegance, and fruitfulness. Although we might refer to him as creator in song or prayer, we rarely spend time thinking about the significance of his creativity for who we are as the church. We are a gathered collection of God's image bearers, but as time, at times, those God-given creative impulses are suppressed within the church. Even when we do embrace them, they're almost exclusively reflected in the context of visual or performing arts. Creativity, however, is more than the visual arts. It's a divine attribute that God shares with his image bearers and it flows through every aspect of our lives. We are by nature creative beings and this trait applies to problem solving as much it does as it does to painting a landscape, to our ministry systems as much as it does to writing worship songs. Why do we raise this point? Because we believe it honors God when we give our attention to the beauty expressed in composing an elegant church structure. We should be able to cultivate and appreciate beauty in the organizational structure of a church. Much like we're able to see the divine glory and transcendence in the architecture of a majestic medieval church building. Dot, 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 a lighted sentence. Skip a little bit. <laughs> when the church is unwilling to embrace this creative impulse, it loses opportunities to advance the gospel. Dot, 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 a lighted sentence. When we think about the organizational structures of the church, our creative inspiration can be drawn from many places. Sometimes the outcome is an elegant solution that advances the kingdom. Sometimes the result is a hodgepodge that creates more of a headache than it alleviates. But this is the reality of thinking creatively. End quote. You read that really fast. Time's precious. Well, anyway, so do they, in the book, do they give illustrations of uh, these creative instances that were positive? Yes. Can you enlighten us? Or I don't think they were positive, and I don't want to give away the the book. So, I, David, one thing is so just base, basically lots of what he's saying to try and summarize. Hit me. Is that God is a creative God? Yeah. So therefore, as we're thinking about the organizational structures of the church, we're free to be creative. Yes. Would so that be- I would just ask the question: if if this could be just the teeing up of our time, um, what limits are there on that? Are there limits well, as to our creativity in regards to the structures and what the church is free to do or what the church ought not do as an institution? Because mm-hmm. you guys talked about like, how do we make our worship excellent in regards to yeah. don't make it too loud, don't make it too quiet, have freedom in expression and yeah, creativity. Different heart languages, different styles. Yep. You know, We value those things. So where's the barrier on don't be overly creative if there is one. Well, I would say the word. What, what word? Would yeah, word specifically 1 Timothy 3 and, and Titus 1 mm-hmm. would certainly be one of the um, guardrails, if you want to call it that. Yeah, ex- explain a little bit more, David. Well, those are the qualifications for elders and deacons. Okay. Sure, yep. So the offices of the church, the mm-hmm. officers, right? We're not free to be creative about the, those qualifications. But, mm-hmm. you know, if somebody were to say, you know, they could be an elder at whatever church, but they can't be an elder at Bethlehem. How would you respond to that? Uh, I don't know. 
Has anyone ever said that? Yes. Oh. Well, I would just say based on what? I mean, we try to draw our qualifications straight from the script, straight from scripture. So, I don't. I wouldn't understand what that would. Okay. Would mean so. First Timothy three, Titus one is a good guardrail. You can said you the read, word. <clears throat> yeah. Right? Can you read like the third sentence that you read there? Starting um, with what words? It was Nick. like. When the church is unwilling to embrace the creative impulse, it loses opportunities to advance the gospel. No, the one where he calls it a gathered people. It was right at the beginning of what you read. We are a gathered collection of God's image bearers, but at times okay. those God-given creative impulses are suppressed within the church. So right there he puts a boundary on it. What's the boundary? A gathered people. Okay. Which I'm not sure he... Could it you seems explain like a it, little bit more what you mean by a gathered people? Well, yeah. So when we're talking about the organization and even the nature of the church, and we've been really clear on this in other podcasts and in conversations, Davis preached on it, right? Is that the, the word church is ecclesia, which means a gathering, basically. And so I think we're coming convictionally to believe that a true church is a people that actually gathers together to do the one another's of scripture. Um. So I would say that based on the Bible and the picture of the church, you know, and the elders who are paying careful attention to the flock that is among us and doing the, you know, like the one another's of scripture, a church is a gathered people who gathers together. Good. Uh, Stacy, anything you'd add? Creativity and cre- even the, these conversations. So David cited a couple of key texts in regards to um, the nature of the qualifications of the officers of the church. There's a guard. There's a, a spot. Uh, Nick uh, asserted that the gathering is a guardrail, that there's a way in which a church uh, ought gather if it's going to call itself a church. Anything you'd add? I mean, maybe just higher level. I think Nick alluded to that. Or no, David, or no, Nick said the word. But whatever we do, whether it's, for creativity's sake or whatever should be in line with what the word of God says. So yes, be creative, but is it going to be creativity in a way that is in alignment with God's word or not? I mean, that should be the lens through which we do everything and look at everything and judge everything. So the first thing I thought of when you were mentioning structures and whatever the word was that you said um, was well, does that mean that women are free to be elders, you know? And so um, you you can't just be creative. Um, you need to be also in alignment with what scripture right. teaches. Yeah. Which is in First Timothy 3 and Titus right. 1. Yeah. I mean, there's a whole, it could be any issue. Yeah. That's just Go one ahead, thing that came to mind. Well, what about the ordinances of baptism and, uh, and the Lord's Supper? Absolutely. I mean, there, there's, right. there's another one where I, th- I think a certain amount of creativity can be employed with regard to how they are employed, how they are shared, practiced. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's the elements themselves uh, ought not to be tampered with, like mm-hmm. uh, turning any, any liquid into a, for instance... Go, going right. from Mountain Dew and Doritos, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah, and mm-hmm. and uh, you know, my my sense is uh, is likewise uh, offended uh, 
uh, at the way baptism uh, is not practiced before a gathered people, but often is done very it privately and even mm. repeated oh. uh, in situations like when we went to the uh, to Israel and uh, people wanted to be re immersed mm. in that the Jordan blood, River. that Just muddy that, ditch yeah. called the Jordan River because it was the Jordan, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. 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 Mm. yeah. Uh, we're Bethlehem people going no, and no, 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 but oh. but people were lined up okay. uh, for, yeah, yeah, yeah. for for yeah. that to happen. Sure, and I didn't go and interview anybody, any of them, but I certainly have heard of. Oh, it was a great experience uh, when I was baptized in the Jordan River, and yeah. I, yeah. I looked at that circumstance. It just looked yeah. like a circus that was kind of going on there. Well, we're going to express some creativity in how we take communion. I think this is released on Tuesday. The something something. Th- uh, whatever it is, but it's prior, something. but it's prior to our changing communion that's coming, which uh, loads of loads of Baptistic and Protestant uh, and and Presbyterian churches, yep. you know, practice it the way that we have for a while. But many others have practiced it the way that we're going to start doing it. Many other Protestant churches, um, you know, by having the option to go forward or go to the back or um, stay seated for those that need to. Um, and receive the elements. Yeah, that's uh, we're going to get some creativity. But again, we're still following the scripture commandments of meeting with Jesus. It's a corporate thing. We're doing mm-hmm. it together. We're not saying, I don't really want to eat with you, right? And Paul was addressing that. You know, there were these little gatherings of people that were getting off by themselves and taking it apart from those other people over there because we don't really like them, mm. you know? And so we, even in... in changing the mode of how we're going to do it, we're still striving to be very faithful to the scripture and the Bible and how we do it. Uh, well, David, like for instance, um, uh, would you be okay, will you be okay with, uh, say, Karen and, and me going and getting those elements, going back to our seat mm-hmm. and praying together for a moment or... Yes. A, a, and, yeah. then, and then taking them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and, and at the same time, wasn't there something wonderful about everybody holding the elements and taking them at the same time? Yeah. Because that represents, you know, a different dimension sure. of what it means to. Yep. So. Yeah, absolutely. And each of these different ways does highlight a different, you know, it. none of them are missing. Like when we're going to do it this way, we're still doing it together as but, a family. You know, what, but what there's about, a highlight. What about if you observed a, a family who took. We knew this was going to get fun Who took the David. elements. Uh, week after week, mm-hmm. uh, and clustered over by themselves, and and you know they and they prayed t- together, and you know, never never uh, experienced beyond their own biological or even extended spiritual family. Um, would that, would that uh, be a, a caution to you or a, a concern? Well, don't you, don't you think you would have to do with the heart of why they're doing it? Sure. I mean, we, but we what it looks when, like the way that we did like it, the is, way that we did it before with just passing the elements. We didn't talk to anybody. No one talked to anybody ever. We just held them there and and we took them. And so, well, if, I, they're, if, if they're I, trying if I to saw do somebody it, doing that well, Sunday after Sunday, I would certainly go ask well, them. Sure. Why do you do that? That'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Gonna, Anybody like it? We are going to point you to that task, <laughs> David. You might but say. I, if or we see that, I don't want to be looking around either. Yeah. yeah. Well, why yeah, not? I mean, in general, uh, free church streams of Christianity coming out of the Protestant Reformation were much more like we leave to your conscience the matter of taking communion. 
Um, although with some expressions uh, within that of like, we withhold the elements from those that are not mm-hmm. in good standing mm-hmm. under discipline, things like that. Um, but it's much more, it's, it's much more of an ecclesiastical thing to say we're going to withhold elements. David's just talking about like, Hey, let us pastorally lean in here in a situation where it looks like absolutely. maybe, maybe you guys are, uh, uh, you know, thinking of communion in a very internal, only looking inward when Paul's really clear, consider the body mm-hmm. in first Corinthians mm-hmm. 10 or 11, um, as you take it. So, um, but we are largely leaving things to people's conscience. Mm-hmm. Well said in that. Well so. said, Daniel. Um, so David, what was your first day on staff at Bethlehem? When? Yeah. No, what day? Do you have, do you know this specific day that was your first day? Yes, I do. Go ahead. August 3rd, 1875. <laughs> 1875. <laughs> uh, 1987. Here's just a thing that has always remained the same. We have not tinkered with this. This has not been changed. We haven't really, you know, even done the how of the whatever it is very differently. Yeah. What would you say? Well, uh, first and foremost, I, I would. What came to mind is the location of the pulpit mm-hmm. was is at the center, and that the preached word was the. Not the not the soul, but the primary element in the in the gather worship, worship experience. At the same time, uh, what I I learned how to worship at Bethlehem, or or probably before I get to Bethlehem, uh, that that the entire worship context is built thematically uh, around around the sermon, uh, and that. The sermon, while it, it shouldn't be thought of as, as the main event and the only reason to really kind of perk up your ears and pay attention, because frankly, that's the way I used to think of, of uh, worship services. Hmm. They, they, were, they were very uh, liturgical in a Baptist sense. It was hmm. always a prayer and a couple of songs, and you know they were rather random and anything necessarily to do with, with, the, uh, with the worship service. So that the prayers... Uh, both prayers of, of celebration and prayers of reflection, that the uh, the uh, worship songs and everything uh, uh, set you up, set the set the the uh, the worshiper, the participant up mm-hmm. uh, for the the preached word, and and that's that's something that I saw wonderfully practiced at Bethlehem. Now, something that has been very different is. There used to be, when I first came to Bethlehem, a, um, a quietness about, this, uh, about preparing for the service. Sure. You, when you went into the so sanctuary, the the, and it was called the sanctuary, yeah. uh, you were told, be quiet in there. Other people, prepare your own, your own heart, and other people are going to be preparing. And when the service started, if you were... Ten seconds late, the door was closed in your face. You could not get in until a certain point of entry later on in the service, and so that that's completely gone now. And you know, in a certain, in a certain sense, I I miss 
that dimension of uh, self-preparation and community preparation coming into the sanctuary for a, a vertical experience with God. Because now it's, it, the preliminaries are very um, horizontal. Yeah, that's good. So that was going to be my follow-up mm. question was like, what is one thing that has changed? Um, and I assume that that was more not the case originally, became the case, and has since become less the case. Yeah. Um, give me an example. Give me an example, David, or anybody. Everybody's been at Bethlehem you know, at least eight, ten years, something like that, of uh, something where uh, attempted to be creative and then stopped that attempt because it didn't go well or maybe just didn't seem to be the wisest path for a given thing. Anybody have an example? David's got a glint in his eye, a gleam in his eye. Well, this is a, a, a difference of, of uh, membership uh, structure. Uh, there was an attempt um, to have a, a more open uh, concept of membership that you didn't have to be immersed as a believer. You had to have a, a, a baptismal experience uh, uh, that was in the name of the Trinity uh, in order to be to, to become a member, although you could not be given that uh, prior experience, you, you could not become an, a uh, a leader in the church. Mm. Was could, that about the mode of baptism, or was that more, or was it both the mode, like sprinkled, immersed, et cetera, or was it also age. just an opening to membership where? People were not baptized as believers, but baptized as infants. Was that was it strictly the mode, or was it also the nature of faith and baptism? Yeah, well, if it was a believing experience, if it was a a, a different mode besides immersion for yeah. a person who was confessing their faith, right, right, um, then that. You know that that was sort of the high, the least form of sure. requiring accommodation. And you said it didn't go, or this is under the category of it didn't go well, or there was an attempt. <laughs> People bled and died over well, <laughs> over this was, in, church, was... in church history, and therefore sure. that Baptist distinctive sure. um, raised such hackles in the minds of those who th- saw it being uh, potentially compromised. Yeah. Even though there's a long history of that kind of practice. John Bunyan practiced that, others in, in church history Anybody you can name after John Bunyan? Pardon? Anybody you can name after John Probably. Bunyan? Probably. I, I they don't come to mind. Um, Ray Ortland. Hmm. Oh. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think his church does a dual practice mm-hmm. kind of thing. Hmm. Yeah. Because his church is a Baptist church. No, it's not. Oh, you're right. <laughs> but they. I, I'm just saying, you know, they do a... They have both. I think don't they have both views represented on the staff? I don't know. I'm pretty sure. Not familiar. Anyway. And it used to be the case in e-free churches that uh, every other pastor practiced uh, immersion and and then all forms. I don't. I don't know. Man, that would be a fun. Topic. Well, I mean, we it was an mode attempt. Of baptism, it was an attempt. Nature of baptism. Yeah. That'd be great. Well, anybody else have anything to add uh, about creativity or uncreativity? I. I well, well, David first. Well, well you gotta have. A, I, yeah, gotta have a. A Spurgeon quote here, don't you? Spurgeon story. I mean, hit me with some Spurgeon. Does it involve cigars? It's, a, it's just a Beards? you know famous Drinking? story. None. Quiet, Daniel. Okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a, a a fellow pastor in London um, 
who observed Spurgeon over quite a long period of time said of, of Spurgeon, that man's theology has not changed one inch in all the years of his pastoral ministry. And Spurgeon said, thank you very much. I take that as a wonderful compliment. <laughs> Whereas the fellow said, you're not, he wasn't staying up with the times. You know, he wasn't, he wasn't being creative in his theology right, right. and recognizing the, you know, the, human, the uh, unity of, the, of humanity under, under, the, under the cross and yeah, so yeah. on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Good. What were you going to say, Nick? Well, I was just going to say, I mean, the way that that quote that you started up started out with set up the conversation in a very vague, general way. Yeah. It almost pitted yeah. any type of creativity against faithfulness. Or mm-hmm. like, if you're not being creative, then you're just whatever. And I want to say, I mean, yeah, we, we can be, God is a creative God. That's great. Mm-hmm. But there are boundaries that God has given to us and we want to be faithful to the word. And we're not going to change our theology in the name of creativity. Mm-hmm. If we ever change something that we believe, it's because we're convinced from scripture. And certainly <laughs> there are third level issues Right, where we can have different opinions on how we do things mm-hmm. or you know how we reach people or how we talk about certain things, but we're not compromising biblical convictions in the name of just being creative, mm-hmm. right? And so yeah. I, I hope that people can see that's really what's driving us at Bethlehem. We are always going back to the Bible and making sure that we're, I, I mean, I don't want to budge right. one inch in my theology right. either. It occurs mm-hmm. to me yeah, yeah that uh, God is, mm-hmm. is a wonderful, creative God, but he does not encourage his people to be creative about the law of gravity. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, there are certain things, but I, it goes back to, uh, you know, we did an episode a while ago on the regulative or the normative principles yeah, we that did. Nick and I did, where we talked about just like, are we free to do different things? Well, it seems like our God has put forward how we ought worship him or what, in what ways we ought worship him with some measure of freedom and how that's expressed. And so I think there's creativity in the how, mm-hmm. even if the what we would say, let's not deviate from that. Mm-hmm. Who's buying lunch today? You are, David. Oh, it's my turn. Yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> Guys, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks, Daniel. Good to have you back. Thank you. Thanks, thanks Daniel. <laughs>